Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. Oh, you know, I, I want to tell you all a story this morning, and it's, it's a story about faith. And everyone has faith. You have faith because you sat down in the chair that you're sitting on, that it would hold you up. You have faith in the bank account that you have, that you, that, that you deposited your money into, right? But where is your faith in God this morning? You know, this is probably one of the most, one of the most powerful stories in the New Testament, and it's layered with hidden gems all throughout it. Really, there's so much to unpack. I'm just going to go ahead and have us open up our Bibles. Amen. If I could get everyone to open your Bible to Mark 5, 21. We're going to be reading through verse 43. Give me an amen, hallelujah, when you are there. <clears throat> Now it says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by, the, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said... If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Amen. Amen. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you. And you say, who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? 
the child is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said something should be given to her to eat. I'd like to give you all a message this morning entitled, Only Believe. If you could bow your heads, I'm going to ask for the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, oh, we come to you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you for the moving of your Holy Spirit today, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross for us, Lord God. We thank you so much, Lord. Oh, Lord, I come. I am believing for miraculous things today, Lord God. I am believing for deliverances. I am believing for healings. I am believing for wonders and miracles to take place, Lord God. I pray for everybody over the live stream. I pray for everybody in here. I plead the blood of Jesus over all of you. Oh, Lord, come. Send me your Holy Spirit. Give me your anointing, Lord God, for I cannot do this without you, Lord. I cannot do this without you, Father. For it is all for you. It is all by you and because of you, Jesus. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray amen and amen. Now, I want everyone here on the count of three to say only believe. One, two, three only believe praise god mm. oh i feel that only believe Amen. you know the same faith that got you in is the same faith that that sustains you today and tomorrow Amen. you know in this story first i want to point out that the past 36 to 48 hours had to have been exhausting for jesus he he raised a boy from the dead, spent an entire day teaching, casted a thousand or more demons out of a man and, and, and into a herd of pigs. And he, then he got on a boat with the disciples. And while trying to get some much needed rest, they woke him up in fear and he calmed the storm. Mm. Mm. Jesus was nonstop, nonstop. And just as Pastor Asher said on, on Wednesday night's teaching that Jesus is 100% God, but he was also 100% man. Amen. Yeah. You, know, you know what it's like getting up and, and having, having to go to work and, and you didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. Thank God for coffee, amen. <laughs> I don't imagine Jesus had any coffee. Now, this was... This was Jesus in the beginning of the story, tired, worn out, exhausted, and now he's reached the shore on the west side of Capernaum. Upon arriving, there was, there was many people gathered waiting for him on the shore. You know, Jesus was a renowned as a teacher in the area, but also a miracle worker, you know, 
and not an average miracle worker, of course. He was, he was healing everyone. No matter what the problem was, he was performing miracles that no one could explain other than the obvious. That he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. This is who Isaiah prophesied about 700 years before his birth. Scripture doesn't disclose how many people were gathered at the shoreline forum, but most, comment, most commentators and Bible scholars say that, that the, at this point, there was hundreds, if not thousands, following him everywhere he went. Oh, glory to God. So here we have Jesus on the shore, on the shoreline, I'm, I'm sure, performing miracles and healings, uh, probably teaching, giving parables, surrounded by the people. And then you have Jairus making his way to Jesus to give you a mental picture of what this would look like. I, I want to ask you all a question by a show of hands. Who, how many of y'all have been to a concert? You've been to a concert? Amen. You've been to a concert, whether it was a, a concert or, or an event. You've been somewhere where there was many people. There was thousands of people. Now, imagine going to a concert and getting there early or going to an event and standing at the front. And you, 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 whatever starts going on, the event starts playing, the music starts playing, and then you got to use the restroom. You go to use the restroom, and then, and then getting back, getting to the restroom isn't that bad. But getting back to where you were was difficult. You know, I imagine that this is where Jairus was. I, I, I've been in that position where, where you're trying to get back to where you were and, 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 and your, your people are, 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 are crammed together shoulder to shoulder and you're trying to get through and they don't want to lose their spot. They, they don't want to lose where they're at. This is, where, this is how people were. They, and, and, and I imagine him trying to get there trying to get there. And you know what? I like this guy. Why? Because he fought to see Jesus. He gave it all he could. He said, I am desperate. I am desperate for this man. I need, I need him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, now we have to understand who Jairus was and why, and, and, and why this matters of, of who he was. He was a man of power. He was a ruler of a synagogue. Synagogues were similar to churches in those days, and, and some scholars say that he was in charge of the upkeep inside, outside. Others say that he was most likely deciding who spoke to the congregation. Regardless, though, he was no doubt someone who was well-respected in the Jewish community. He was somebody that was respected. What Jairus did here is so powerful. This is a big deal. He came to Jesus. It says that he came to Jesus, and he fell. In the middle of the day. Now, y'all remember Nicodemus. It says in John 3 that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. But why? Why did he come to him by night? So he wasn't seen. So he wasn't not taking a chance of losing his position. You know, not only this, but this would have made him a disgrace to family and friends, going, going to speak with the very man that the, that the religious Pharisees were out to get. You know, Jairus finally making it to Jesus. What does he do in the middle of the day? He, it says he saw him, and then he fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. Glory to God. 
You know, if, if we're asking the Lord for something, what should we do? We shouldn't pull out a, a big long list and say, well, Lord, I need this, this, and this. No, what's the first thing we do? We fall to his feet. We fall to him. Glory to God. We worship him for who he is and what he has done for us because it is through that. It is through this atoning blood on the cross. Glory to God. Right there, Jairus willingly gave up his position, but even more so, he gave up his tradition. Mm. Mm. Every little boy at, the, at that time, they were taught never to bow to a man. You only bow to God. <laughs> so what was Jairus saying? What was he saying? When he, when he came to him by day and he fell at his feet, what was he saying? That He was saying that this is the son of the almighty God, that this is God in the flesh. Woo! I feel that this morning. Oh, glory to God. He put his tradition aside. He put his position aside. He said, I don't care about that. He said, I'm desperate for a man. I'm desperate for a healing. I need Jesus. I heard this man performs miracles. I heard that he does things that no other man can do. Why? because he is God in the flesh. Praise the Lord. Woo! You know, he didn't come to Jesus and, 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 and kneel at his feet. He came and he fell. He fell. He was desperate. How desperate are you this morning? How desperate are you? I... I Oh, my goodness, I feel that this morning. Oof, oof. He heard of a baby boy born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, who is now grown up as the man of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm. So he went to go see a man. He runs and falls at his feet. Now, notice, notice Jairus' faith right here in verse 23. My little girl lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. And here it is. Here it is. She may be healed and she will live. Mm. He knows that he knows that he knows that she will live. And all it takes is for Jesus to lay his hand on her. All it takes is a touch. Amen. Woo. Now. And Jesus gets up and, and he immediately goes with Jairus. Now, now it says Jesus went with Jairus and the crowd followed him. Mm. Glory to God. It says the crowd followed him and thronged him. That word thronged meaning that there was a great multitude of people who pressed together following him. I'm sure that they were pushing and shoving and... And many of them were probably yelling out, Jesus, Jesus, I need healing. Jesus, Jesus, I've been sick for years. Jesus, my, 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 my mother is sick. Jesus, my son won't stop cutting himself. Jesus, Jesus, I need you. Can I tell you that in the midst of all that chaos, all of that, Jesus continued to walk with Jairus. And that's what Jesus is doing with each one of you today. You're here because you believe and your faith might be the size of a mustard seed, but that's okay because you're getting a dose of miracle grow right now. 
in the midst of all the chaos, all the turmoil going around you. Jesus is walking with you. Praise the Lord. Uh, he isn't leaving your side. He, he is right there with you in the storm and the crowd of people and the trial and the valley. He is with you and he will not forsake you and leave your side. He will see you through. Amen. Mm. So here we have Jairus making his way through the crowd with, with, the, with Jesus and his disciples. And, and I want you to put yourself in Jairus' shoes. So let me bring it to life for you. you. You've been taking care of your son or your daughter, and they take a turn for the worse. You need to get them to the hospital, and the hospital may only be 10 minutes away. So you get in the car, and you start driving, and then you come up to a traffic jam, and you can't go anywhere. And it's the only route to the hospital. You're going five miles an hour. You're inching along, maybe in a standstill. You know that every single second counts. Every second. You're sweating, you're shaking, anxiety now setting in, and, and thoughts start racing through your mind. And this is no doubt where, where Jairus was, was at at this point, rushing through the crowd of people just trying to get Jesus to his little girl. You know, Jairus has, has already experienced some opposition here, but it doesn't get easier as the story goes on. You know, how many of you know that opposition comes before a miracle or a blessing? Satan will always try to attack your faith right before God shows up and shows out. Mm. Now, you're Jairus, walking with Jesus, closely following you as, as you're leading him to your house. I'm sure checking back every 30 seconds, making sure he's following, making sure, like, okay, okay, he's, he's still there. He's keeping up. People everywhere. You know, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. I, I know that you need Jesus. I, I know, I know, but, but, but I'm desperate here. My, my little girl is dying. I, I know, I know you need him, and he'll be back. He'll be back once he lays his hands on her and heals her. He'll come back for you. You're walking and walking and walking, and you look back, and you don't see him. Where where'd he go? Where's he at? Where's Jesus? Oh, no. This is what I call panic mode. You're panicking. You're, every second counts, right? Every single second. So you're looking everywhere, and, and you look off in the distance, and you spot him. So you make your way up to him, and, and only to find him talking to a woman that you've never seen before. And you're immediately stressed out, seeing Jesus just calmly standing there. Just calmly standing there, hearing this woman out. You know, oh, I, I can just imagine Jairus walking up to him and say, Jesus, Jesus, uh, what are you doing? I, my little girl's dying and every, every second counts. What are you doing? Come on, come on. We got to go. We got to go. Mm. How many times are we in a hurry? Are we in a rush? You know, Speak about this woman. This is a very powerful, powerful. Actually, this is her, her testimony. Her story is, is a message in itself. I'm focusing on Jairus, but I, but I do want to stop here, and I, I want to put the attention on her. You know, in verse 25, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. This woman has been bleeding 
for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. And not only that, but because of the Levitical law, this made her ceremonially unclean. What does that mean? This, this means that she was treated as an outcast, that, that she couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't do anything. She couldn't even sit on the same chair as somebody. She couldn't sit at the same table as somebody. She was secluded. Mm. 12 years. This woman has no doubt suffered physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, and financially. You know, it says that she spent all of her money. Not only no one could help, but it says that she grew worse. But here we go. Here we go. This is, this is where her story takes a sudden change in direction. Amen. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of the affliction. That word immediately, not over time, not in a while, and not in a little bit, but immediately with just a touch, just a touch from Jesus. Oh, oh. Now verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? I want to stop here for a second because Jesus said that he knew power had gone out of him. I'm going to make this personal with each one of you. When you got delivered, Jesus felt it, okay? When you got healed, Jesus felt it. When you accepted him as your personal savior and became justified, Jesus felt that. Amen? Every time you call on the name of Jesus, he feels it, folks. Oh, we don't serve a dead savior. We don't worship a lifeless statue. We serve a living God. He feels our Savior is alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Father. And guess what? You're with them. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. So here we go. Here we go. Instantly, she felt the bleeding stop. And she knew at that very moment that she had been healed. And you know what Jesus said? He said, your faith, your faith. He said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. It was her faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that he could heal her. Woo! Where is your faith today? Glory to God. He can do anything. Just believe. He said, only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Mm, Do you know that Jesus can heal you this morning? Mm, Do you truly believe it in your heart? You know, I need you to get that in your heart this morning. I need you to believe it with all your heart this morning because it's a heart posture. Jesus can meet your need, whether it be physical, emotional, financial, whatever it is. Just believe. And guess what? He can and he will. He will show up for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is no respecter of persons, folks, meaning it doesn't matter your social status, your position, your bloodline, your achievements. You call on the name of Jesus, drop to your knees, fall at him, and he will meet you right where you're at. Mm, mm, I feel that. Jesus isn't concerned with the details. He focuses in on your heart. What does your heart say? 
Oh, he's asking you this morning, who do you say that I am? Mm. Jesus, oh, thank you, Father. Jesus is asking, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can deliver you? Do you believe that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever? Glory to God. So here, here we have Jairus waiting on Jesus to start walking again. And it says the woman told him the whole truth. The whole truth. It doesn't say how long this took. And honestly, it could have been anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour. No one really knows. It, but how many of y'all know that, that there's usually a waiting period before a miracle or a blessing? <laughs> God usually makes us wait. And most of the times, God doesn't give us microwavable blessing or instant ramen miracles. Not saying... He doesn't do that because he obviously can and will at times, but usually there's a waiting period. Now, Jairus was facing a delay, but be careful to not put a period where God put a comma. Okay? You get that? Woo! There has been many times that you have waited on Jesus. You have been coming to church every Sunday, maybe even every Wednesday. You have been on your knees pleading with God. Mm, you have cried and you have cried and you have cried, asking the Lord to move in a certain area of your life, waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm here to remind you that just because you don't see the Lord moving doesn't mean he's not moving. We just sang that, didn't we? Didn't we just sing that? We just sang that even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Amen. Woo, how true is that? You know, something that the Lord revealed to me studying for this message, while we're, wait, while we're waiting on the Lord, we should wait on the Lord. Mm. Did you get that? You see what I'm saying? While we're waiting on the Lord, we should wait on the Lord. What do you want me to do, Lord? Where do you want me to go, Lord? Uh, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to witness to, Lord? I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm waiting and you know what? It's a lot of times that waiting period isn't, it, it, it's, it, it's not about, it, it's not about the waiting. It's about, it's about your attitude while you're waiting. I've noticed that. And, you know, a lot of times we can have a messed up face while we're waiting. I know I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. All right. I know that there's been things that I've waited for and I've had an attitude I've had an attitude with God, like, come on, Lord, why aren't you moving? What are you doing up there? You see me down here. I'm debating on, I'm debating, having a debate with the Lord. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not in your best interest, because guess what? That'll give you a longer waiting period. <laughs> so it's not important. It's not just important that you wait. But it's important that you wait with the right attitude. Now, Jairus is, is, is waiting for his miracle, right? And, and he sees a miracle. Mm. Like I, I said that Jairus had been waiting, and, but he hasn't been waiting for 12 years, okay? And you see, it's really good to see a miracle when you need a miracle because all that really means is that God's in the neighborhood, right? A lot of times 
you know, God will often do that to increase our faith for our miracle. You know, what is happening right now to Jairus' faith, he's waiting, he, his faith is declining, he's probably starting to worry, he's starting to get anxious, and he's probably starting to doubt. And look at this, what, what did Jesus tell the woman? <laughs> he said, you getting on your knees has made you whole? No, 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 no. You reaching out and touching my robe has healed you? No, 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 no. He, here we go. He, he said, your faith has made you whole. Your what? Your faith. It was despite her, her, her she, she knew that her condition and, and it was her, her, her desperate, radical faith that she knew that all she needed was a touch. That's all she needed. Mm. You know, here we go. Something that we've all experienced right here on the verge of Jairus' miracle. He's, he, he's talking to him. He, Jesus is talking to the woman. And someone from Jairus' house walks up, and he says, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer? You know, the pain and the crushing blow from hearing this, I, I have children I can't imagine somebody coming up to me and telling me this, that I, I would be, I would fall to my knees. You know, I know that, I know that most of us have had a phone call like this. Most of us have experienced somewhere in our life where, where, we, where we got news like this, and oh, I feel that. Some of us might be in a situation right now where we feel that. And, you know, it might be your mother or father, son or daughter, sibling, close friend. And, you know, I've had a few Jairus moments in my life with my mother and father. And by God's grace and mercy, they're, they're still here. Because why? Because Jesus still heals. Amen. You know, Amen. Jesus he, this is this is this is amazing, and this is this is what I call a but God moment. And 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 and, and my words, <laughs> but Jesus overheard mm, what was being said to Jairus, and he turned to Jairus and he said, "Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Only believe." Mm, that's so good. Oh, get that in your heart this morning. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Yes, Lord. Yes, there is nothing too big. Oh, thank you, Lord. So then Jesus, what did Jesus say? He said, nobody follow us. He said, Peter, James, John, Jairus, come on, let's go. We're going to your house. And they get to Jairus' house, and, and what do they see? They see? They see family and friends mourning over his daughter's death. And, and not only that, but, but paid mourners, and I'm not going to go deep into that, but back then they were paid people to mourn at funerals. And that's, 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 that's odd, but I mean to say the least. But Jesus went inside the home and said to them, Why are you crying? Why are you crying? The child is not dead but only asleep. 
This doesn't mean that she wasn't actually dead because all throughout the Bible, sleep is referred to death. So, so she was, in fact, dead, but, but he was life. She might have been dead, but Jesus is life. After saying this to them, they ridiculed, ridiculed him. Isn't that exactly what the world does when we express radical faith? When, when, when we believe in God for the impossible, isn't that what people do? They, they oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. What do you, what do you, you're wasting your time. Don't, don't bother with it. Just give up. Jesus says, no, do not be afraid, but only believe. Mm. Now, what did Jesus say to everyone that was there? He, he told them to get out of the house. Jairus didn't kick them out. Jesus kicked them out. All right? Now, hold on. You get what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe there's something standing in the way of your miracle. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe there's something you haven't let go of yet. You know, but, but see, just like Jairus here, he, he didn't go all this way for nothing. <laughs> and neither did you. You didn't come here this morning for nothing. Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they all went into the room with, with, with Jairus and his wife where their little girl was laying, their baby girl, lifeless, not breathing, body probably starting to stiffen and, and getting colder by the minute, and, 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 and Jesus comes over. And he takes her by the hand. And he says, Talitha Kumi, which is translated to little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately, folks, immediately she arose, opened her eyes, and looked around. And she looked, she looked, she opened her eyes, she looked around, and, and who did she see first? Who was the first one that she saw? She saw the Son of the Living God, her Savior, Jesus Christ. Woo! I feel that this morning. Mm. Look to Jesus, folks. Look to Jesus. Just believe. Just believe. Mm. Singers and musicians, come back, please. Mm. Glory to God. Oh. You know, just as, just as Jairus had to walk with Jesus through all of this to get to his miracle, so do we. You know, I don't know what you came to church with this morning, but I do know that you can leave without it. You can be made whole. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be freed from whatever it is in just, in just a minute. We're, we're going to pray for everybody. I want, I want everybody to come up and, you know, all I'm asking is that you take a leap of faith this morning. Take a leap of faith and reach out, reach out for a touch from Jesus. And you may not be one to come up and, 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 and receive prayer, but today I want you to step outside of your comfort zone. The healer is here. The Redeemer is here. Jesus is here. And the Holy Spirit is moving. And I'm believing for the miraculous 
I'm believing even if your faith is the size of a mustard seed. Mm, that's enough for Jesus to move your mountain. 